Life Audio. I think as believers, we all know and recognize that God watches us throughout our lives. But what we're going to learn today in today's psalm is that verb watch also means to protect and to guard and to keep. And it's not that God is just watching us, but he is actively protecting us as his people from evil and harm, sometimes without us even realizing it. We're going to talk about this and more today. Stay tuned. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what He says in His Word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach, and I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with Him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand His will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures, as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today we're continuing our devotional reading through the Psalms of Psalm 121. And if you're just joining us, I just want to let you know a couple of the reasons why we are going through the Psalms. This essentially is the Hearing Jesus Podcast and everything that we do at shehears.org or the podcast is really designed to help you hear God's voice more clearly. However, as we are studying Jesus, we know that the Psalms were the hymn book and the prayer book that he used and the disciples. And so in the New Testament, when we're reading about Jesus and the disciples, we learn and we recognize that the book of Psalms is the book that is quoted the most from the Old Testament by Jesus and the disciples. It's important for us to understand what was in their heart, what was in their mind, what they meditated on. I think there's no better way than to start off our journey into understanding the heart of Jesus than by understanding what he prayed about and what he prayed through because we know that the Psalms were his prayer book. So as we go through the Psalms each week, what I do, and if you're not familiar, if you go to shehears.org, you can sign up for our newsletter, which is completely free. And what I do is I take a journaling prompt from each of these episodes, and that is completely free. It's sent to you. And the goal of that is really just to have you get this information from your head into your heart. Journaling is a really easy way to do that. If you would like the previous episodes journaling prompts, you can also find those at shehears.org on the resources page. Look for the guided Psalms journals. They're broken up into sections of 50. And the reason why we do that, that that guided journal, is it has a link, an easy way for you to get that audio devotional. It has the journaling prompt for the day, the key verse for the day, and then actual space to write out, to journal out what God is doing in your heart. And so you can either print that out and use that. You can use it on an iPad or a similar device. And then eventually, once we are through Psalm 150, we're going to have a print resource for that available as well. Again, just an additional resource for you to help you get that information, not just from your ears and your mind, but into your heart and into your daily life. 
So I'm going to be reading today Psalm 121, and I'm actually going to be reading from the New American Standard Bible. This week, I had a question in our private Facebook group. If you're not part of that, I would encourage you to join. The link is in the show notes. But in our private Facebook group, I do lives once a week where I answer common questions that people have, either about the podcast or their Bible, those kinds of things. One of the questions that was asked was what's the best version to read? I've heard that you shouldn't read the King James Version because it's not the true word of God. And my response to her was, well, first of all, uh, the best version of the Bible to read is the modern translation that you're going to read on a regular basis and understand. There are some people that love the King James Version and there are other people that try to read the King James Version and they don't understand and they end up giving up. But what I would also say is that the people that typically say that don't have a good understanding of Bible translation in general. If you are reading a Bible in English, that's not the original version. The original version was written, of course, in the Hebrew for the Old Testament and Greek for the New Testament. And so if you are reading any kind of English Bible, including the English King James Bible, you are reading a translation. Now, what we have is amazing Bible scholars and translators that have done different kinds of translations for modern readers. I did put a graphic up in that Facebook page if you want to see this, but there are some translations that are word for word translations. There are other translations that are concept for concept translations. So I think for you, you need to really decide what am I looking for? Am I looking for a translation that translates the concepts and I want to have a good understanding of what the scripture is actually saying? Or do I want a translation that helps me understand the actual words that were said? For me personally, I use a mixture of both. It depends on the audience I'm teaching. It depends on the kind of study I'm doing. The NASB, the New American Standard Bible, is my favorite for Bible study, especially when I'm doing a writing for um, you know, a, a book that I'm doing or something like that. But again, any of those modern translations that are making sense to you that help you get into God's word are the ones that you should be reading. And again, I have a list of those on my website if or on that Facebook page if you would like more information. So I'm reading from the NASB today from Psalm 121, starting at verse 1. And again, just as a reminder that when I go through these passages, this is not to replace your Bible reading. It's to supplement it. And and the reason why I do this is because there are sometimes some things that we don't understand as modern readers that would have been a common understanding to people that read it as the original listeners. We have to recognize that even though God's word was written for us, it was not originally written to us. It was written to an ancient people group that had a different understanding of things like agriculture or direction or location. And so my heart is really to help you understand the scriptures a little bit easier. And so that way you can understand the character and nature of God that is revealed through through the pages of the scriptures. So starting at verse one, it says, I will raise my eyes to the mountains. From where will my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Behold, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your protector. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun will not beat down on you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will protect you all from evil. He will keep your soul. The Lord will guard your going out and your coming in from this time and forever. So today's psalm is a psalm that would be seen as a psalm of confidence. 
the psalmist is looking at these mountains from a distance and he's asking about his source of help. Where does it come from? And of course, that question is presumptive that he needs help, either something that's happening that he's going to need help or maybe even immediately he needs help. But this is not a psalm of lament like you might initially think. It's a psalm of confidence. He's not worried because he knows where to turn when he needs help. He knows that God, who is the creator of the heavens, creator of the earth, creator of these mountains he's looking at, that is the one that's going to help him. And so we talked last week, and if you haven't heard those episodes, I encourage you to go listen to them. But we talked last week about this idea of the Psalms of Ascent. And so this is one of the Psalms of Ascent, which were the songs that would have been sung by the pilgrims that were on their way to Jerusalem. And so the mountains that they're referring to are probably the ones that are surrounding that city. Although we don't specifically know that from the Psalm itself, but that is pretty much what we understand in biblical scholarship. And in ancient Israel... And not just ancient Israel, but the the greater ancient Near Eastern world, ancient Mesopotamia, the mountains would have been a metaphor for the heavenly realm. And Zion was the mountain that would have instilled this confidence in the hearts of, of the faithful followers of Yahweh. And so it's interesting that Zion itself is not specifically mentioned. There were other gods that were thought to dwell on other mountains in the ancient Near East. And maybe that's the point, because we have to re remember, we're looking through the lens of a follower of Yahweh. And essentially, we're not limiting Yahweh God to just Zion, because we know as the creator of all the mountains, Yahweh is at the center of all of those mountaintops. And so I think that's probably the reason why Zion and Yahweh are not specifically mentioned because in that ancient Near Eastern world, it was important to delineate the difference between the other false gods of the surrounding nations and the God of Israel, Yahweh. And so the psalmist is gazing at the mountains and it, of course, reminds him of the one true God who is the only one that can provide any real help. That's the Lord, Yahweh. So then he goes on to, to talk about um, in verses three and four. Israel's God provides this constant watch over his people, his faithful people. And that is a truth that the psalmist is using to encourage the people that he's speaking to as he also applies that to himself. And when he says, he will not let your foot slip, that is, again, think of what they're doing. This is a pilgrimage where they are going up in elevation. They're coming to Jerusalem. They're likely walking towards Jerusalem and their footing is important because if you've ever walked up a mountain, you know where you place your feet. And even sometimes when you're really careful, there there can be some slippage. I mean, we live at the top of a hill and so we walk our road pretty much every day and we have to be really careful going down our hill, our driveway to the bottom of the driveway so we can go for our walk because our driveway is rock. And I have walked that path a million times, but I still have to be really careful because sometimes my feet just slip. It's a similar thing that, that we're understanding here. He's saying he will not let your foot slip, meaning he, he is involved in not just what your plan is, but what you are actively doing today. And so again, it's this pilgrimage context that we're looking at. And so as the people are walking towards Jerusalem, their footing is an important part of understanding how God is going to get them safely to this destination of Jerusalem. But that phrase, again, can be taken metaphorically. And when we talk about this in the wisdom literature, 
everyone is essentially walking on the path. And it talks throughout the, the Old Testament about either the straight path that leads to life or that long, dark, twisted path that leads to death. And so that path of course, stands for the journey of life. And so what the psalmist is doing here is he's recognizing that God is going to give him sure footing on not just his temporary path, but his entire path, his path to life. And so God is, the characteristic that he's looking at of God is that he's vigilant and he talks about how he never sleeps. There's not a moment of your life where God is asleep and not aware of what's going on. It's interesting because if you think about this in the scene where Elijah mocked the priests of Baal on top of Mount Carmel, he said, maybe he is sleeping and must be awakened. You can read about that in 1 Kings 18. But that's a reference to how the other gods would sleep. But the God Yahweh, the God of Israel, does not sleep because the Lord's always there. Psalm 46 says that he is an ever-present help in trouble. We're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we'll continue on with the rest of this psalm. Stay tuned. As we move into the next section, verses 5 and 6, we start to learn about this metaphor that the psalmist is using to talk about the Lord, this metaphor of shade. And of course, we all know what it's like to get a sunburn. And the shade is a metaphor of how God is the one that who watches over his people, and he protects them from the harsh effects of the sun. And so verse six goes on to talk about how God is a shade and the sun will not hurt God's people. And so that meaning of the second half of 6b is not quite as obvious when it talks about how God is a shade who protects his people from the harmful effects of the moon. Um, There's a couple possibilities that, that we can think of. First, the sun and the moon Um, are sometimes used to basically say that God is on watch 24 hours of the day for his people. And there could be a little bit of a translation linguistic thing here, but that's that's essentially what, what we get from that. But also in the ancient Near East, now you have to remember, Jerusalem was one tiny little country in the midst of all of ancient the ancient Near East, ancient Mesopotamia. And so both the sun and the moon in those cultures outside of Israel were thought to be deities, gods. And as gods of of the sun and the moon, they could bring harm to people. And so we, of course, know as believers and, and the psalmist would know that Genesis makes it clear right from the start that um, the sun and the moon are creations of, of God, Yahweh God. They are not gods. But in those surrounding nations, they would see the sun and the moon as, like I said, false gods that could harm people. And so what the psalmist is likely doing here is making this iteration that the protection from from the moon that could not harm people because of who God was and his protective element. That's probably what we're seeing happen there. And I think that's, again, a really good example of some of the things that are lost on us because we're not part of that culture. We don't understand that our next door neighbors worship the moon and think the moon can hurt them. So that's some of the the metaphors that we see in, in this passage. And then in New Testament times, it was also thought that the moon could affect people's physical abilities and their mental abilities. In Matthew 17, verse 15, it uses um, a verb that is literally translated to being moonstruck. And it's sometimes used to refer to epilepsy. 
they didn't have a good understanding of seizures back then. And so why we can't be 100% certain that that understanding goes all the way back to the time of the Psalms, we do understand that um, there's this element that the psalmist has a confidence because of who God is and knowing that God is constantly protecting him from all sorts of danger. But I thought that was an interesting element how they understood epilepsy and seizures to be caused by the moon. Then we're going to move down to verses seven and eight, the final stanza. And that is continuing this theme of the God who watches and protects his people. And then there's this assurance that he does this all the time on all occasions when he talks about your coming and your going. And it's also constant both now and forevermore. And so like I started off by saying at the beginning of today's show, this psalm is really a reminder to not just the ancient readers that would have heard it originally, but also us as we read it now, that God is a God who watches over his people as they journey through their pilgrimage of life. And as they get through life, that verb, remember that verb watch isn't just looking, but but it's protecting and guarding and keeping that God is not just watching, but he's actively protecting us from harm. So given that insight, I'm going to reread starting back at verse one. It says, I will raise my eyes to the mountains from where will my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Behold, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your protector. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun will not beat down on you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will protect you from all evil. He will keep your soul. The Lord will guard your going out and your coming in from this time and forever. Father God, we thank you that you were the God that knows the intimate details of our lives and that you are a God who watches over us in a way that is active and protective, that there are things that we don't even know about that you have protected us in our lives, God. We thank you for that kind of intimate involvement in our lives. And Lord, I pray right now for my friend that may not be feeling that. Lord, we know that your word stands true and it's stronger than how we feel. It's what we know. And what we know is that you are our protector, that you protect us from from day and night, from the sun and from the moon, from all sorts of things that that, that are evil. God, and I pray that above all things, you will protect our soul. That as we continue to strive after knowing you more and hearing your voice more clearly, that you would protect the hearts and the minds and the spirits of my friends. Lord, I pray for them today that they would experience your hand of blessing on their lives. Jesus name. Amen. I know you've been frustrated with being confident in how to tell the difference between hearing from God and wondering if it's your own voice. Listen, I know I've been there myself. That's why I wrote the Bible study, She Hears, Learning to Listen to Jesus. This is a six-week study that takes you through the book of John, looking at six women in the life of Jesus. It also teaches the color method of Bible study, which helps you to learn how to really understand the scriptures. I include lots of cultural and historical information, and it really makes these familiar passages of scripture just come alive. This is a great study to do on your own, to do with some girlfriends or even some teenage girls, and it will help you really gain the confidence in how to hear from the Lord and set you up with some tools that will stay with you long after the study is over. You can find that on my resources page at shehears.org, where there are also some really good resources to help you in your spiritual growth. I pray that they are a blessing for you. 
I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call in your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.